wants you to reign. Christ is our redemption. God is righteous in making the sinner righteous. Coming up on Destined to Reign. For every sin that you and I have committed or will ever commit, He bore it at the tree. And He was punished so that we'll not be punished. He was condemned so we'll never be condemned. He took our place so that we'll take His place. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Tonight, you're about to receive spiritual seed that will birth something powerful, Life transforming, that's what we're here for. God is not interested in behavior modification. He wants life transformation. And that's what the grace of God is all about. Amen. And uh, right from the start, we want to say this. Regardless of what you've heard about grace, there are many people trying to redefine grace today. But please come with an open heart, an open mind. Make sure that everything that's shared is scriptural in its context. Grace is not a subject. Grace is a person, Jesus Christ. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. It's one thing to give. You can give from a distance. It's another thing to come personally. Now watch this now. When you were, a, I call this a prison exchange. Do you know that in the book of Romans, the word sin... 38 times is a noun. What is a noun? People, place, or thing. Only twice in the book of Romans is the word sin a verb, an action. Come on now. Once upon a time, you were in a prison of sin because of Adam's sin. Regardless of how many good deeds you, you perform, you are still in that prison, the noun. Called sin. Okay? Now by one man's obedience at the cross, he has made us all righteous. There's a prison exchange. He has brought us from one prison into another prison where he calls us slaves of, as you were slaves of sin, not slaves of the verb sin, not your uh, deeds and your performance, but noun, as you were slave in the prison called sin. Regardless of what you did, your identity was in sin. By the same token, now he has placed you as a slave of righteousness. Regardless of what you are and what you have done, you are a slave to a condition called righteousness before God. You cannot lose it. Now, why, why are we in a prison of sin in the first place? Because of Adam's sin. Now, when you were in sin, you were not born again, regardless of what bad things or good things that you perform, could that transfer you into a prison of righteousness? When you are doing charitable works, when you're doing great stuff, I mean, good things, when you're a sinner. Could that transfer you from death to life, from a prison of sin to a prison? No, it could not. It takes the blood of Jesus. Now, what makes you think? Now that we're in a greater prison of righteousness... 
that by your bad deeds, you are ultimately back in the prison of sin. If in the first place, when you were, in, when you were a sinner in the prison of sin, the good things you did could not bring you to the prison of righteousness, what makes you think now by your deeds, you can backslide into a prison of sin? We, are in a, we were in a prison of sin apart from our performance because of Adam's sin. Now we're in a prison of righteousness because of Jesus' obedience. Amen. Apart from your performance. Amen. You know, the Bible is so clear. A prison exchange has taken place. And do you know something? I'm just talking about on equal basis now. I've not even come to the much more of what Jesus did. The much more. And there are people who would teach that the moment you sin, you are no longer righteous. That means what you are saying, what Jesus, the last Adam, did is inferior compared to what the first Adam did. Because what the first Adam did caused the whole world to be in a prison of sin. That today, what Jesus did cannot, I mean, cannot, cannot even last for one day because the moment you sin, you are back in the prison of sin. Something is wrong, church. We are dishonoring the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're not even touching on the much more yet. Much more what Jesus did. We're just putting them on equal ground. Amen. Now, I just want to spend the remaining time to share with you about the blessings of health and wealth. Wealth. I love to do that. You know? <laughs> Joke that really just slacks out of you. Health and wealth. Do you know that uh, Abraham walked in health? I mean, he lived to a ripe old age, beyond 100 years old. His wife Sarah received a blessing of rejuvenation of a youth. And all this before the law. I wonder whether you've really looked at this uh, verse and meditated on it because it's so rich. It will give you the reason why many people in the body of Christ are not enjoying the blessings of Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. We have it up here for you to see. Romans 4, verse 13 says, let's turn to it. For the promise to Abraham, you found it? All right, for the promise to Abraham that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, first and foremost, what did God promise to Abraham? That he would what? Be the heir of the world. You have it up here? Right? The promise is that he will be the heir of the world. Now, in order for God to make Abraham the heir of the world, must he be healthy? How can you be the heir of the world flat on your back all the time? So God has, so in other words, health is included in being heir of the world, right? How about wealth? Can you inherit the world without wealth? No. So wealth is included over there. Right? In, in that all-encompassing uh, promised heir of the world, as much as the greater encompasses the lesser. Right? So it says that God promised that he'll be the heir of the world, but this promise was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And that's where the church has missed it. We are trying to earn it by our obedience. But Pastor Prince, don't you believe in obedience? Listen, the new covenant obedience called obedience of faith is not obedience of the law. 
obedience of faith. It is not right doing, it is right believing that produces right doing and right living. Amen. It's so important what you believe. Right believing is so important. Right believing gives birth to right living and right doing. So in other words, obedience today is a fruit, not the root. Under law, you have to obey for God to bless you. Under grace, God blesses you with everything in Christ and those blessings empower you to obey. You know, there, there are always people who say, well, Pastor Prince, you got to preach more on repentance. The word repent means change your mind. That's all it means. Meta, noia. Meta, change, naus, your mind. That's all it means. Now, which one comes first? Repentance or the blessings? Look at Peter. His first encounter with Jesus. Jesus preached from his boat, and he's been uh, working all night fishing and caught nothing. And the Lord used his boat, and the Lord is always a good paymaster, amen? Yeah. Yeah, let's go fishing. And the Lord gave him a net-breaking, boat-sinking, load of fishes. Yeah. There's a call for help, amen? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he realized who he was. And he fell before the Lord and says, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And the Lord smiles and says, From now on, you'll be a fisher of men. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, which one came first? The blessings or the repentance? The blessings. The blessings under grace will produce repentance. Open your heart wide and receive the blessings, just as you are, because the blood of Jesus has qualified you. One of the saddest things people are, are faced with, even in the body of Christ, is that we have so many reasons why people are not healed. And one time I was preaching like this, you know, because uh, I heard other preachers, I'm a word of faith preacher, and a good one. I've been hagenized and capsulized. You know, there's really nothing wrong with the word of faith. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. The first generation, Brother Hagen. You know, Brother Copeland, Savell. It's just that later on, it becomes a formula. The others make it into a formula. Faith has become a work. And faith is nothing more than seeing Jesus. Amen. Now, I, I don't get beside myself now, but I was preaching like this. Really strong. The reason why you're not healed, because I heard other teachers say, these are seven reasons why people are not healed. Eight reasons why people are not healed. And I was giving the reasons. My heart was right. I wanted people to be well. And I believe if they had known the reasons, maybe they can find their way out. So as I was preaching the reasons why people are not healed, I heard the voice of God on the inside. Warm and authoritative. Stop disqualifying my people. And I said, Lord, I didn't mean to do that. And he says that my blood has qualified every one of them. And I use, yeah, amen. You are qualified by his blood to receive your health and your healing. Amen. And I didn't realize that the more I was giving the reasons, the more their faith shrank. And I would preach because I heard someone else preach like this and I thought it was good. So I preached like that as well. Nothing wrong with God. Nothing wrong with his word. The reason why you're not receiving, therefore, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's always like that. 
And then when God spoke to me, stop disqualifying my people, I began to preach a new message. If you are sick today, there's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with His Word. And by the blood of Jesus, there's nothing wrong with you. Receive! And we saw more miracles. Hallelujah! Amen! See, the promise that you'll be the heir of the world, inherit the blessings of God, become wealthy, is not given through the law. Not given... Uh, in answer to your obedience, but through the righteousness of faith. Amen. So the more we go around saying, I am righteous by faith, by the blood of Jesus, not by my performance. Amen. Even when you blow it, you lose your top. Amen. And uh, you know, uh, uh, the devil comes and say, call yourself a leader in the church. You just lost your cool. And you just say, I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus, not by my performance. That's why the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. His main job is to accuse. Amen. And that's how the blood of Jesus puts him to silence. Amen, church? Now, the more you confess that, I am righteous by faith. Every morning when you wake up, say, thank God I am righteous by faith. Especially when you blow it, that's the time, I'm righteous by faith. Amen. The more you confess it, the more effortlessly you inherit the world. Amen. All of a sudden, your days of being poor and sick will be over. And the best part, effortlessly. Just by declaring, I'm righteous by faith, apart from my performance. For the promise that he be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And the very next verse is so, <laughs> so enlightening. The next verse, right after this verse says, For if they which be of the law, we have it up here also, if they which be of the law are heirs, Faith is made void. And the promise that he'll be the heir of the world will be made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Now, keep this verse up there. Those who are of the law, if they are heirs, if we inherit the promises because of the law, because of our obedience, there's no need for faith. Faith is made void. And the promise of God is made of no effect. There's a frightening thought. The promises of God made of no effect. That's a horrible thought. I don't want the promises of God to be made of no effect. Would you? Would you? But what is the scriptural reason? The promise of God is made of no effect. What's the scriptural reason? You ask any believer, an average believer today, put a microphone under them and ask them, tell me, brother, why do you think God's promises are made of no effect in the lives of a Christian? Well, there is sin. It's because of sin. There is sin in the camp. Bang, wrong answer. <laughs> it's not a scripture. We're all against sin. I established that already, okay? Don't write to me. I'll just throw it away. Uh, don't waste your time. <laughs> the scriptural reason why the promises of God is made of no effect and faith is made void. That's a terrible thing. It's because we are trying to get it by the law. The law voids faith. The law makes the promise of God of no effect. The more you're trying to earn it, the more you lose it. Just declare, I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, one night, I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said this to me. He said, son, there are only two in the Gospels that had great faith, that I said had great faith. One is the centurion, 
and the other is the Canaanite woman. The centurion Jesus says, truly I've not found so great faith, no, not in all Israel. And this Canaanite woman, who wanted deliverance for her daughter who was demon-possessed, the Lord said, O woman, great is your faith. Only two in the Bible, Jesus pronounced them as having great faith. And the Lord said to me, son, what's their secret? And I know he was setting me up. I said, I know the answer because I've heard other preachers preach. Especially on the centurion. The centurion says, I'm a soldier. I'm a man under authority. I say one, to one, go, he goes. I say to one, come, he comes. So in other words, because he understood authority, he was a military man, he understood great faith. And the Lord says, how about the Canaanite woman? She was not a military person. Definitely not. She was just a homemaker. And she had great faith. Boom. I thought I gave the right answer. And I said, that, that's what I heard. And the Lord says, it's time for you to stop hearing what other people are saying and start to meditate on my word. And the Lord says, son, find the common denominator between these two. The only two I said had great faith. Find the common denominator. And my lightning fast mind. <laughs> After about 15 minutes of searching, I said, Lord, tell me. <laughs> and I've never heard anyone preach this. I've never read any book on it. And the Lord said to me, they were both Gentiles. They are not under the law. They probably don't even know the law. They were just conscious of Jesus. Not where they were falling short. They were not sin conscious because they are not law conscious. They are just Jesus conscious. Hallelujah. And they had great faith. Like I said, judge the scriptures. Make sure, you know, one thing I love to do is to preach things in context. And because of time, I'm saying a lot of things without opening up the Bible, so some of you religious folks might feel a bit, everything I'm saying is from the Bible. Amen. Then the very next verse, right after this verse says, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace that the promise might be sure. How to make God's promises sure? By grace through faith. Amen. Not through the law. The law is opposite of grace. The only way for us, for us to inherit the blessings of God and be heir of the world is by grace through faith. Now I've come to tell you your sin debt against a holy God has been fully paid. Jesus Christ is finished. The cross is actually the love of God Paying a ransom to the justice of God. And there are, there are people, you know, some charismatics sometimes become crazy matics and preach things like, 
He redeemed us. He had to pay the devil. He owes the devil nothing. It was to the law of God that we owe. Amen. The devil only comes in because the law gives him a right. But now that the law has been removed, he has, he has been disarmed. Hallelujah. Please don't arm him back. Amen. He takes the law. He knocks you on the head. And he says, this is what the law says. Look at your thoughts. Look at your emotions. Look at yourself. But once the law has been removed, he ain't got nothing. But we preachers take it back and put it in his hands. Amen. You know, under law, the sacrifice is lesser than the judgment. Let me explain. When Elijah battled the prophets of Baal, remember the story how he put 12 stones, wood, and the sacrifice, and he made them pour water three times all over the trench until it was overflowing to make it hard for God in their eyes. Amen. And what happened when God sent the fire to consume the animal sacrifice, the burnt offering? The Bible says the fire, which is a picture of God's judgment, holy judgment against sin, and that sacrifice, when the fire came, it consumed the sacrifice, the stones, and the wood, and even the water. Everything was gone. In other words, under law, God's fiery judgment was greater than the sacrifice. But under grace, when Jesus hung on the cross, and he carried our sins, and God turned his face, I believe, with tears from his son, because he knew that he was doing it for us. But let me, the back pass of God is the judgment of God. And God's judgment fell on Jesus. God's fiery judgment, the fire of God came on Jesus. He cried out, I thirst. It fell on him. Listen, he consumed it in his person on the cross until there was no more judgment left. And he cried, it is finished. The judgment was gone, but the sacrifice remained to say, it is finished. Hallelujah. And the grace, the sacrifice is greater than the judgment. <laughs> Man, this is not a message. This is life. <laughs> and the grace, the sacrifice is greater than the judgment. The reason why there is no more judgment. The reason why there is no more condemnation. The reason why there is no more curse. It's not because God has gone soft on sin. Oh, no, definitely not. But because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ took our place. And for every sin that you and I have committed or will ever commit, He bore it at the tree. And He was punished so that we'll not be punished. He was condemned so we'll never be condemned. He took our place so that we'll take His place. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Well, pastor, how can you say Jesus became sin when he did no sin? Or excuse me, I should say this. How can you say you can become righteous when you have done no righteousness? The same answer. How did Jesus become sin at the cross? Without his performance. Without his deeds. He received our sin. We receive his righteousness. And on the cross, God treated him like he was the world's greatest sinner. 
so that God will treat you like you're the best thing since sliced bread. Amen. Amen, church. You love him? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. In Aramaic, he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know that the only time Jesus called his father my God was at the cross? He never called him my God in the Gospels, only at the cross. Why? So that you can call him, call God, Abba, Father, Father. And do you know why he cried? Why have you forsaken me? He cried that out loud so that all of us can hear he was forsaken. It was a real forsaking because his love for us, God's love for us, so that you and I can cry today, Abba, Abba, Father, Father, why have you so blessed me? Amen. Amen. He did it all. Give him praise. The gospel of grace has been impacting nations around the world. You may have heard the sermons on the audio CD album. Now watch from a front row perspective as Joseph Prince shares two radically powerful messages from the revolutionary Grace and Favor seminar at Hillsong, Australia. The messages in this two DVD album are Boast of the Lord's love for you, not your love for Him. We are not forgiven just based on mercy. We are forgiven according to God's righteousness. God is righteous in making the sinner righteous. And the previously unreleased Jesus' gift of righteousness has made you an heir of the world. Jesus Christ took our place. And for every sin that you and I have committed or will ever commit, He bore it at the tree. And He was punished so that we'll not be punished. He was condemned so we'll never be condemned. He took our place so that we'll take His place. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Watch and discover what it truly means to walk in divine grace and favor. Grace and Favor Seminar, live at Hillsong, Australia. Two DVD album. Available now at josephprince.org. The book we've all been waiting for. One decade of radical grace preaching by Joseph Prince. The Lord says, son, if you don't preach grace radically, people's life will never be radically blessed, radically transformed. All you need to know about the gospel of grace in one definitive book. Destined to Reign by Joseph Prince. Grace is not a doctrine, it's not a subject. Grace is a person, Jesus Christ. Grace is the gospel. Right believing gives birth to right living. Where there is sin, God's grace is greater. It swallows it up. Hallelujah. Under law, you have to obey for God to bless you. Under grace, God blesses you with everything in Christ and those blessings empower you to obey. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Discover the secret to effortless success, wholeness and victorious living. God wants you to reign in life. Visit our website at josephprince.org to get your copy of Destined to Reign today. Thank you for tuning in to Destined to Reign with Joseph Prince. God wants you to reign. If you've been blessed by today's message, we would like to give you an opportunity to partner with us to impact the world with the gospel of grace. Your gift as a partner will enable more people to hear about the grace of our Lord Jesus and all that He has accomplished for us on the cross. Call the toll-free number on your screen right now or visit josephprince.org to sign up as a partner for as little as $10 a month. Together, we can make a difference and see precious lives transformed by the love of Jesus.
Be part of the gospel revolution of grace by becoming a partner today. Call now to receive exclusive partner privileges. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 non-profit organization and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace.